Welcome to the Astral Projection Podcast, brought to you by Ali Wiley. Hello everyone, this is the first part of an interview with Julian McCrayon. Hope I pronounced that okay. We talk about a soon-to-be-released virtual reality series about near-death experiences. An NDE, a near-death experience, is in many ways similar to an OBE, except of course you have to die at some point to have one so it's not really recommended by choice. The International Academy of Consciousness describes an NDE as a forced OBE, as the astral body is forced outside of the body when the body loses all or aspects of vital functions. NDEs and OBEs can cause a profound change in people, and this is what the Flatline Experience series focuses on, how people change following a near-death experience. You can sign up to receive updates and news about the Flatline Experience at flatlineexperience.com. Okay, that's enough from me. Let's meet Julian. Hello, Julian. It's nice to have you here today. Great to be here, Ali. How are you? How's life in California? That's where you are at the moment, isn't it? It's pretty warm. Uh, uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, we're just kind of ramping up for uh, Christmas after... Thanksgiving here, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty warm, pretty nice. Right, okay, let's get right down to business. And um, we want to talk about your project, the uh, the Flatline Experience, which you've been working on for what is it, sixteen years? Yeah, long a long period of time. Yeah, it must be a real labour of love if you've been doing it for like sixteen years. You must be really inspired. Um, it must be like a pretty big project. Can you tell us exactly? what it entails, what it is. Yeah, no worries, Ali. Um, The Flatline Experience um, is a virtual reality, non-fiction series uh, where the audience, when they put on the headset, have a near-death experience, go to the other side and come back from the other side um, irreversibly changed. So each episode in the series, the audience experience the real near-death experience of a person who has experienced it firsthand. Um, after each of the experiences, you can then redo the experiences um, and try and understand what happened. Um, from the perspective of a cardiologist, spiritualist, or psychologist to try and understand the significance of the events. The really key point with Flatline is no one owns the other side. So no one owns uh, the interpretation of that. So we offer the different interpretations, the main uh, experience uh, and the different uh, subject matter experts. But the point is that the resolution of the story and the incident is then left um, to the audience to then um, make up their own resolution to what they think happens. Wow, that sounds really intriguing. I must admit, your film might actually get me to buy a pair of virtual reality goggles because it's. I love the way that you've not... Um, You've not really implied that just one thing happens. You've given people a choice to decide for themselves. And I think that's very important. 
because there are different um, explanations of near-death experiences, just like there's different explanations of out-of-body experiences. Um, what inspired you to develop a series based on near-death experiences? Yeah, that's a good question, Ali. What inspired me was the director, John, um, came to me probably around uh, at the start of this year. And John has really been the one developing this for, for the 16-year period. He first heard um, a near-death um, experience story of his friend Alex, which was about 16 years ago. And Alex uh, believed that he was um, at, a, at a campfire um, out in Death Valley. Yeah. And when he was out at the campfire in Death Valley, he, um, um, he I, I think it was a, a, a blend of um, drug and alcohol um, substance abuse. Anyway... Um, in terms of that, he then uh, began to sink into the floor um, and began to come out of his body. The, what's crazy about it, it was Alex was actually an electronic musician and um, he, when he came back from the other side, he could uh, remember the entire um um, sound that he heard when he was on the other side and when he went to record it he recorded it in one take um, it was about 5 minutes and 30 seconds and um, that sound on that recording now is then was then played at all of him for his electronic music events he's a very big electronic music DJ and um, and then what's happened from there is it's the most um, therapeutic and most transcendent parts of his set. So there was this, there was this kind of, so John had originally heard the story, was inspired by it. And then uh, John had a massive background in, in uh, 3D. So he'd done a lot of work for Tim Burton, Sam Raimi, and he'd been trying to think about what would be the best form in which to try and get an audience to immerse themselves in a in a near-death experience. So he'd been looking at 3D um, for ages in terms of the experience, and then as a as a form of sensory immersion, as a form of putting the audience in the shoes of the of the character, um, and then uh, been developing it, developing it further, and then uh, I'd just come off a project with one of the with one of the studios uh, in virtual reality. And then um, I said to him, look, I really think that this could be something that we could tell um, where virtual reality would be the best medium for it. And the reason being is because when you put the goggles on uh, uh, in front, uh, on and in front of your head, um, you um, believe that you're having an experience. And the reason you do is because your visual and, 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 and auditory functions are being essentially shrinked to believe that they're having uh, an auditory experience or a real experience. Um, and your agnadala part of your brain hasn't caught up yet. Um, and so because of that, um, placing the audience in the shoes of um, the people who've had it 
um, it becomes a really interesting way to do it. Um, there, there have been examples in the past of people trying to do this. So, uh, to give you an example, uh, we go all the way back to like, um, you know, uh, William Hurt in Altered States, so you've got Brainstorm, or you've got Flatliners, or you've got uh, Season 2, Episode 7 of The Leftovers, oh, or yeah, a yeah. number of documentaries that have looked at this space, The Day I Died, and, um, and stuff like that. But always what's happening is, is there's always a distance um, uh, between, um, between the audience um, being uh, looking to empathise with the story um, but seeing it happen to, um, uh, or, or, or really listening to another character um, that, that's been had, that it's been experienced by. So, um, so the idea of, of of saying to yourself, well, we've we've heard this story told before um, in two D. Um, is there a better way of telling it? Yes, um, there is. And is there a better way of um, of not trying to um, close the the mystery of the story um, because a big issue that you have when you when you watch a lot of the documentaries is they always end up in this horrible kind of Jerry Springer's final thoughts moment where um, you know you introduce the audience to a concept and then you offer up three opinions. And then you offer up where the advancement in our understanding of the mystery is at that point. Um, the problem with that is, um, I think it's it, this is a story that's not as clear cut. Um, it's a it's a story that we should be leaving open to the audience to discuss, you know. And so that's a from a story structure perspective, a, a very different way of looking at. It. Um, it's not about um, uh, being. Um, defining or being prescriptive. It's about um, offering up the interpretation so the audience can um, decide for themselves. And you'll see that in each of the episodes because they're very, very different. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that idea because also in life, everyone has to decide for themselves. Um, often in films, people watch and they want someone to tell them what it's going to be like, but no one can actually tell you what it's going to be like until you, you experience it for yourself. So with this virtual reality, I think this is um, a great use of the, the technology. Uh, I think that's absolutely wonderful. So where did you get your inspira inspiration for the actual characters and the content, the storyline of each um, near-death experience? Did you do research or interviews with people who'd experienced um, NDEs? Yeah. That's a good question. So the way we uh, researched it was we looked at um, about 4,000 stories over 30 years. And I say stories just because I'm talking about a series, but you could call them incidents yeah. or experiences. Yeah. And, um, and I kind of, so I, we did a lot of research with the Institute of Near-Death Studies, which is based in Virginia, uh, working with them um, to look at it. And we were very... Our main thing from a from a dramatic perspective, um, just so you understand how we see it, um, um, what makes near-death experiences really interesting from a story perspective is um, they're essentially what you would call rebirth stories. And rebirth stories are um, um, you, um, 
I'll, I'll explain it like that. That's the best way of being explained. Yeah, so okay. a rebirth story is um, is a story like um, you would normally have um, a setup. So a setup is where um, you know where the characters started the story and, and what they were psychologically at the start of the story. Um, then you move into a confrontation. So a confrontation is where uh, you know, really, uh, the intensity of the outer body, the intensity of going to um, to confront um, uh, the obstacle that you can't move forward from, or the obstacle that's getting in your way, and then you would normally have a resolution to that story, which is really the resolution of the character uh, that after they've gone through that experience, um, how they go on to live their lives after that experience. Now, now, what's really interesting about near-death stories is um, they have really, I would say, like um, three key tenets that make them really interesting from a narrative perspective. Like, we know that one in 20 people in the world has flatlined, gone to the other side and come back. We, we, we know that from a, research, from a research perspective. But, 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 there's, but from, a, from, a, from a storytelling perspective and from a, from a mystery story perspective, you've got like three odd things. Um, when you speak to people, but the first thing is, is um, you know, I've just experienced my own death, um, so why am I still here? Um, the the reason why that's odd is normally when you die, well, that's it. Um, you know, um, I'm somewhere else um, at that point. Um, so, so that's the first question people have in the head. The second question that people say think to themselves is, am I still inverted commas me? <laughs> so it's yeah. me in the body that's come back um, and that's super important because you know might not be um, <laughs> and, 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 I mean we go back to real old kind of Mayan Aztecian mythology and thinking about the idea of you know possessions and, yeah. you know, anyway something a bit like that <laughs> um, and the third reason, third interesting question is have I been brought back am I, uh, for a purpose am I some kind of deity um, so deity or being brought back for a purpose, and, and you know that harks back to I'm talking like three thousand year old stories of you know um, the, are, are, of the reason why you've been brought back, you know, um, and and then the fundamentals to all of that is if, if and this is really core to a to a to an out of body or near death experience, but really near death is if I, how would you go on to live your life if you've been given that second chance? And that, for me, is what's most powerful about these stories, um, is the transformation in the character and the transformation in how people go, decide to go and live their lives. Um, we've done a lot of work looking at, um, I think it's called accentuation, intensity, benefit, or perception. I might have got the third word wrong. But it's you find a lot of the time that when people come back, um, they become... Are less materialistic. Um, you find that um, they believe in global connectedness. Um, you find that um, um, they realise that they're indispensable. Um, there's there, there's a heightened sense of of who they are in context to not only uh, the community around them. Um, but uh, to other people on the planet, and you can see that across a lot of them. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, I know I'm looking at it um, 
so to answer your question, we looked at it, yes, 4,000 stories over 30 years across books and then really working with the Institute and Linda's studies. But really the more important thing is, um, um, is what we were really looking at is a really um, important stories that, the stories that already had a structure around, around rebirth, which is implicitly what's happening, but really looking at um, these amazing transformations that happen in people and how they go to live their lives. Um, and I think that's what's really inspiring about it, about it is, um, um, is, is how people go to live their lives afterwards. So, yeah. Yes, so. It, they can be like, well, a near-death experience would be like the short, sharp shock treatment, I imagine. Um, out-of-body experiences often have a similar effect, although when you have an out-of-body experience, obviously the body is still very much alive and kicking. Um, there's not the concept like, oh, I've died, I've come back, and that sort of thing. Um, do you think people will change having watched your series or not watched your series, participated in your series? Do you think it will have a, like a knock-on effect and people will um, change the way they look at their own lives? Or the way they look at the world? That's, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I think, so what we found so far is, um, from a science perspective, um, because I'll just talk about it in two ways. I'll talk about it as the, as the stories and the content, and then I'll talk about it as the form. So um, what we found so far is that when people do... The experiences now. Now remember, these experiences are um, uh, five minutes in length, right? Yeah. And they're they're, um, they're quite intense, and, and then you're and, and you're coming back now. Now what we found so far, and, and this is completely true, um, is people come out of it. The the, the 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 best quote that I've had so far was that um, um, it made me think about life. Yeah. Um, and um, another person came out of it going, this is really moving and very thoughtful. Um, we, and, and, and normally, you know, that normally doesn't happen, right? Like you, you, you don't normally come out of experiences or oh, sorry, or let's call it um, nonfiction experiences going, feeling like that. And, um, I think that's, I think that's um, a, a you know a way that the way that the experience was um, experienced or told, but it also and this comes to the form aspect of it, something to do with the form. Um, we know at the moment that um, that the virtual reality medium, um, because you believe that you're having an experience, uh, the way that the audience is storing those. Um, um, how can I put it? Storing the the flatline experience in their brain is different to how they would store um, um, seeing the images of the film or, or or of a two D experience or even reading a book, um, because the way that you store experiences versus the receiving of information is very different. And so, um, so, so we know at the moment that the that by by just experiencing virtual reality, that you're that that you're that you're storing the um, virtual experience or this experience in a different part of your brain, and that that recall is more powerful 
than um, if you're using another medium. So, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, it's pretty wild at the moment. Like, we, we, obviously, we set out just as entertainment and story, and story people just to, to help audiences understand uh, the transformation in these characters. But what it's helping do at the moment is help transform uh, people's understanding of why they're here. And that's what's... Um, uh, quite powerful, um, and but also needs to be treated with um, uh, 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 a certain level of um, how can I put it? You, you you've got to treat that with 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 what that means. Like these are very powerful experiences. So. Yeah, I think you have to treat the experience with respect as well. Um... As you said, the the experience then becomes a part of you because you've experienced it. It's like anything you you don't really, you cannot really understand anything fully until you've actually experienced it. And I think this is probably the closest many of us will get to experiencing a near death experience because we can have OBEs, out of body experiences, but it, we know we're going to come back. You know, we we know. In fact, the problem, the biggest problem with an out of body experience is staying out there long enough because you always get kind of dragged back to the body uh, maybe people right. maybe people will want to learn to have out-of-body experiences once they've experienced this um virtual reality near-death experience because it make them maybe desire to find out who they really are because you, the the characters are based on um real experiences aren't they so yeah everything yeah. is 100% real yeah, so 100% real in terms of the text and in terms of we haven't changed um, uh, anything. We, we've really made a point that we're not trying in each episode to show, inverted commas, the perfect NDE. Um, and, and we had a bit of pushback initially because people were like, you know, that isn't exactly, you know, what happens maybe in one of the episodes. Um, it's been quite funny, like, um, we've got some that are really pleasant and some that are really unpleasant. Um, only 17% of, of cases report something frightening. And now that could be, a, you know, coming back to your point, it could be a reason of how it's been recorded or whether people want to record un, uh, unpleasant ones. Like we know from our first episode, it took that lady, um, it took that lady over 25 years to tell him. Wow. And it's the reason is is because he said, you know, you can't tell anyone, and they're all going to think you're, they're all going to think mad. <laughs> Call the men in white coats off to cloud cuckoo land. Yes. I mean, but but the, but the point is 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 like, it's it's not about whether she's mad or not. It's not about whether it's about showing the perfect near death experience, which it's about understanding that a, that a person believes that they've had an experience like this and then uh, and then to try and understand them as a person and then to understand how they transform over because of that you know like um, I'm trying to I'm trying to like it's about them it's not about um, the, um, it's about them and their transformation uh, as people you know 
um, and how life-changing that is for them, you know? Um, like, that's what, that's what the core of these stories is, you know, and these experiences is about. It's about um, understanding what something like the, this, something like this does to someone, you know, like um, how it fundamentally changes the way that you live, you know, and the way that you're going to live the rest of your life. And that's incredibly um, profound, you know. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to go to flatlineexperience.com and sign up for the latest info about the release of the Flatline Experience series. Part two of this interview coming soon. And of course, you'll find me flying high at astralwings.com. Happy travels.